0: Well hello everybody and welcome to week five of the drive to Dayton here once again with Mike Roth and TJ Petros I'm Kurt Stubbs and we are embarking on the biggest week of the tournament to this point Uh, last week was kind of a light schedule uh, but tomorrow night uh, we got games tonight but tomorrow night really gets things going Um, and then we are full steam ahead to to the finish line here so gentlemen um first off how are we doing how's everything going
1: doing good this is kind of like you said the calm before the storm uh the next few weeks is going to be a lot of time on the road a lot of miles on the car Uh, (laughs)
0: looking
1: looking ahead to Cincinnati Dayton area uh, possibly Toledo for a few district doubleheaders, uh, and then, yeah, we'll see. We'll see where it takes me.
2: Yeah, I uh, I went out to St. Louis to celebrate Mardi Gras this weekend. So excited to be back in the gym starting tomorrow night. Got got time games Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. Gonna be a busy week ahead for me, basketball wise.
0: I thought Roth was gonna say St. Clairsville, and he said St. Louis. Slightly, slightly off there. Now, when you when you guys um, are trying to compose your schedule, um, do you got? Are you guys looking for more bang for your buck? As far as like, are you looking for those double headers? Uh, you know how how are you guys going about that?
1: Uh, as far as me, what I do in the beginning of the season. I make a list of high-priority teams, teams that I would like to see two to three times if possible, medium-priority teams, you know, see them once to twice, and then low-priority teams. If I get to them, I get to them. If I don't, I don't. Uh, so I kind of keep track of all that during the season, and then once postseason rolls around, I look and see, okay, who are the teams that I haven't seen or teams that I haven't seen enough of yet, and I try to base a lot of my – uh, schedule around them, especially in the in the beginning uh, of the tournament, because you get a lot of the you know kind of lower level teams that are playing teams that you know aren't going to make it very far. So yeah. I tried to see them while they're still playing. So that's kind of how I go about it. Um, and then a lot of times in district finals, I'll head to you know Central Ohio, Southwest Ohio, because they they host all their district finals games in one venue. So to me, it's like a it's a no brainer.
2: Yeah, you definitely want to be smart uh, about where you travel. I uh, I keep a document of every team that I've seen uh, so far this season. I've seen 146 different teams from Ohio. Um, So really, uh, just using the weeknights in early round games uh, to see teams kind of that don't get all the headlines. Um, I, I try not to see, like, your pick centrals or your St. Ignatiuses or your Centervilles on a Tuesday night. That's when I try to see. Um, m- maybe I'll watch, like, one specific kid on each team. I'll go for that. So, um, again, in the early round of the playoffs, I don't need to see uh, some of the teams I've seen three or four times this season. I'm trying to see new teams. Um because you, you learn a lot more seeing a new team for the first time than you do seeing uh, a team for a, a third or fourth or fifth time. Uh, you should have a pretty good sense after the first couple times you watch them in the year. So definitely trying to see as many teams per trip that are new um, is very important.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm certainly not an expert, but um, these tournament games... Uh, really tell you a lot about players um and just kind of how much guys want to win um you you can see that um that aspect of guys' games um how much they love it, how much they really really wanna win um and that's what that's the beautiful thing about this time of the year um and, and not just individuals but like teams in general collective units of how much they wanna win. Uh, guys that are selling out for each other and I think that's that's what makes the the tournament such a great thing uh, it is there's no second chances uh you know it's it's amazing how you know when you start this thing you got roughly eight hundred teams and how quickly you can get it down to sixty four uh, in each division uh, teams teams get wiped out pretty quick uh, and this week will be one of those weeks where um especially with that uh Tuesday Friday slate uh this week is going to take a lot of teams out of the tournament um but before we we jump in we we got something planned um for for these games this week uh we kind of broke it up into different sections of of, of areas uh where TJ is going to look at, at at certain area Mike and myself but uh um we don't, we don't have to spend a whole lot of time on this, but uh, team of the week for you guys this week.
1: Oh, uh, I think we, we've we given this team quite a bit amount of love over the last couple of weeks, but I, I think you kind of almost have to go Richmond Heights here. Uh, you know, beating St. Ed's, uh, finishing the regular season undefeated. Uh, I, I think it just a phenomenal job, uh, considering the fact that they don't have a single senior in their starting lineup. They'll return the exact same five next year. And, yeah, it's been I, – I didn't see it coming at all. Like, I, I knew that they had the talent, but I honestly thought they'd be about a year away. Uh, but I think some of those sophomores definitely surpassed my expectations. Uh, and My player of the week kind of goes along with this as well. Uh, is a guy, you know, we give a lot of attention to Dorian Jones and Eric Barber, rightfully so. Uh, Jose Steele has had a monster year for Richmond Heights as well. Uh, But a guy I think kind of slides under the radar a little bit is Damaris Winters. Uh, Sophomore, 6'3 wing, shoots the absolute leather off the ball. He's got a good feel, understands how to use shot fakes, drive closeouts, makes pretty good decisions with the basketball. He's a kid who I think has played his way into being one of the better kids in Ohio in his class. Uh, So I wanted to show him some love. Uh, He made a bunch of shots against St. Ed's. I think he finished with upwards of 20 points. So, yeah, Team of the Week, Rich Hines, Player of the Week, Damaris Winters.
0: Yeah, TJ, I actually <clears throat> I watched that game, uh, the live stream game of that, and the funniest thing about that was for the first, like, three minutes of the game, I was like, how did they do this? Because you got um, Mendoza calling the game, and then I could have swore Flan was doing the color in the game, and I was like, what is going on here? And it's Tom Lombardo, their football coach, who sounds just like Flan. Like, I mean, it could have been the same guy. Um, But it was incredible. One thing, you mentioned winners. Uh, He was great in the second half. I thought Jones was fantastic in the first half. But the thing that kind of stood out to me is Richmond Heights had a seven-point lead with a minute and 15 to go. And... Ed's basically erased that in less than 30 seconds, took the lead 80 to 79. And then you, you kind of figure maybe a young team on the road, hostile environment. They take a punch like that. They're going to, you know, they're going to go down. Uh, but they come right back. Uh, steel gets an inside bucket. Uh, and then they finish the game off with, uh, I think they ended up winning 83 to 80, but, um, just they they play so loose. Um, they get the ball up and down the court quick, but this team is so much different than last year. Where they, they, are way more dangerous on the perimeter. They, they really don't have like a true post presence like they did last year, where the the, the big fellow that came over from Benedictine was kind of clogging London, the lane up. Uh,
1: um, yeah, London, mate.
0: yeah, he he was clogging that We're lane up remember. a little bit, but they're way more spaced out this year. Uh, can really winners with I mean that release is unbelievable. I mean, he shot one from the E uh, and and made it uh, in, in this game. But um, 42 wins in a row, that's two straight years they beat Eds, which is, I mean, not many teams can do that. Now, with that, all that being said, um, one thing that I think has helped them to be able to do this this year is they've played some really good teams, but they've been spaced out, um, you know, with – with the teams that they have to play in their conference, which they're not going to be in anymore. But um, and Ed's to me um, is a good team. Um, I don't think they, they have a true guard that handles it well. Like uh, uh, Richmond Heights pressure really got to them. Um, That three quarter court trap that they were running. I thought that really got to Ed's, but It'll be interesting to see, you know, I feel like Ed's can cruise out of that district, uh, but it'll be interesting to see how far Ed's makes it in the D1 tournament. Um, so just wanted to add that. Mike, what where, where were you going to go with your team of the week?
2: Uh, so I got two teams of the week, no players of the week. Uh, you made me think of this on the fly as TJ was talking. Um, my first team of the week, I'm going to go one regular season uh, team, and that's going to be Garfield Heights. Uh, they snapped uh, Maple Heights' 15-game winning streak, I believe it was. You uh, a... know, what?
1: It was either 15 or 16, I believe.
2: Yeah. Um, they beat them 56-23, uh, to 23, so big-time defense uh, by Sonny Johnson and company. And uh, my other team of the week, I was going to talk about them a little later, uh, but Finneytown pulled one of the biggest upsets. Um, in Division Three, Southwest Three, they were the 12th seed, uh, and they beat fourth-seeded Williamsburg 72-58. Uh, to 58. So now they go up against fifth-seeded Marymont in the second round. That game's going to be played on Wednesday night, 5.30 tip-off at Western Brown High School. So just wanted to give a shout-out to Finneytown, one of the bigger upsets, 12-seed over a 4-seed, that I saw while looking through uh, some of the first round action that happened this week.
0: There is no other podcast in the state that is going to give love to Finney town. All right. Right. This, this is the podcast that's going to give love to Finney town. Um, and all jokes aside, yes, that, that was a a nice, nice win for them. Uh, I believe they're in the Cincinnati Hills league as well. Correct. With like Wyoming and. I believe so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Um, I I was trying to think uh since you mentioned uh we'll kind of combo this you mentioned a, a a team of the week. My player of the week is a guy that in an era where guys jump around schools and don't like to wait their turn um this guy has certainly done that. He's waited his turn. Um he was a essential part to last year's team. Um it was more of a um you know, a niche that he had on last year's team. But my player of the week is Andrew Hedgepeth of Pick Central. My man um, was fantastic on Tuesday in a rivalry win over Pick North. And then another rivalry win on Friday where they just blew the doors off Reynoldsburg. Hedgepeth goes for, I I believe, 24 points. I think he had six threes. Uh, he did something I didn't know he even had any in him, a two handed dunk at the end of the game. I didn't know that that was even in his repertoire. Um, you know, kind of, he just kind of looks like he's a little bit lackadaisical at times and, but it's just his demeanor, but he's playing really good basketball right now. And, um, I think he's a kid that, and this is often overused, but I think he's a kid that's going to play some really good basketball in a college level when he, I don't know if he's done growing, and he certainly hasn't – his body has not completely matured yet. He's still young looking, um, and I think he's going to provide a really nice piece to a college program.
1: Yeah, and one thing I can add to that, you know, I've watched Andrew, you know, over the last few years, especially in the summer periods. Uh, He's a kid who – I'm not sure he gets enough credit for this, but he is a phenomenal passer. Uh, He makes the simple pass. He does a great job of advancing the ball up the floor without the dribble. I think defensively, like he showed some upside too. So, like, if he's making shots, then, I mean, he's a kid who sky's the limit, uh, you know, as far as small college prospects. And I think the role of of him and Markel Johnson and Jawan Turner ultimately is going to dictate how far Pick Central goes. Yeah, Keechler
0: Keechler was uh, just – a monster inside. Um, again, he is a kid that is. Last year, you know, he, he was a kid that came in, but he kind of knew like I'm only in here for a short amount of time. I hope I don't do anything to mess it up to get me out of the game quicker than I, that. I already, you know, am gonna be on this floor. But you can see his confidence growing and growing and growing, and his basketball legs are definitely under him now. Um, at the beginning of the season, he wasn't getting off the floor like he is now. Um, you know, he's dunking almost everything around the rim. Um, he, he's a shot block. He's a force shot blocking uh, on the defensive end. Um, they're just—it's uh, it, amazing how much they've went through this year. And guys, kind of missing some games for this, that, or the other, um, and they just keep on winning. Um, and you know, ten and zero in the conference. I know their conference isn't great, but still, ten and zero in the conference. And um, you know, I th- I just I, I look for them. They're they're going to make another deep run here. Uh, I think they're primed and ready to go.
1: How many losses does Pick Central have to Ohio teams?
0: One. Well, I mean, if you count Spire, uh, two. No, I don't. I, yeah, I, so I, I don't
1: count Spire. To
0: OHSAs, <laughs> the double overtime game to Centerville um, was it, and. Uh, I know they would love to have that one back in, in the Cathedral game for sure. Uh, other than that, I mean, you know, they took a couple of clean losses down in Florida, um, but I, I know they want they would like to have those two back, and they might get a chance with Centerville in the semifinals if, you know, a lot of work left to go for everybody involved. But yep. um, all right. So let's uh, let's jump into this week because a lot of good stuff on the on the agenda this week. Um, TJ, um, I'm going to let you tackle Northeast Ohio. Um, what are you looking forward to this week? What's standing out to you? Uh,
1: so I was looking at, uh, some opening round games and, and while I don't think there are a ton of, you know, intriguing matchups or games that caught my eye, uh, there were five that I wrote down for various reasons. Uh, I think Firestone and green on paper, it doesn't look like it could be very good. Uh, I mean, Firestone and Maple Heights. Uh, I mean, uh, Firestone actually played Uniontown Green uh, a few weeks ago, and they only lost by three points to a green team that just want to share of the Federal League. Uh, Firestone got a midseason transfer, a kid named Zevin Gadsden, who played last year at Akron Buchtel, one of the more talented juniors in Ohio when he's playing well. Uh, so I think Firestone adding him to the mix. Kind of makes them uh, a, a dangerous first-round matchup if if you're Maple Heights. Uh, I think the McKinley Euclid game has a chance to be pretty good. Uh, Euclid has played a, a tough schedule. has played a lot of teams close, including Luther and East at the beginning of the year. Uh, McKinley has had a very much up and down season. Uh, they were picked preseason to win the federal league. They've had highs. They've had lows. Um, but at the end of the day, a team that's still very well coached and when they're playing hard and getting after it defensively, they're a really tough out. So I think McKinley Euclid at the field house is a game to keep an eye on. Uh, but to me, probably the most compelling game in the first round of, this, of the tournament is Glen Oak and Uniontown Lake. So these are two teams that are in the same league, they have you know split the regular season, both won on each other's floor. Uh, Lake beat Glen Oak at Glen Oak, and then Glen Oak, Oak turned around and beat Lake at Lake later in the year. Uh, so that's a game kind of tied 1-1. it would be very interesting to see how that game goes. Um, and then lastly, I would say Wadsworth and Lorraine uh, is a game kind of worth keeping tabs on as well.
0: So, TJ, it looks like if if you were going to put – uh, anybody on upset alert this week, it would be maybe Maple Heights.
1: Oh, man, I, I don't want to go <laughs>
0: that
1: far. Uh, just just off the strength that I haven't seen Akron Firestone, Yeah. Uh, but the fact that they did play Uniontown Green as close as they did and they have, you know, arguably he's probably going to be the, the most talented kid on the floor in that game. It's definitely one to to keep an eye on, but I wouldn't be surprised either way, whether it was close or you know Maple Heights runs them out of the gym. So
0: now remember, it, uh, upset alert just means you're on alerts. Like you know, like you could possibly have a winter snowstorm, but you know, not a hundred. Nobody
2: believed in the Chiefs. Everybody picked against them. <laughs>
0: That's what Um, Travis Kelsey told me anyway. Yep. (laughs) All right, Mike. So I I think um, you're going to be spending a lot of your week in Southwest Ohio. Yep.
2: Um, Yeah, so on on Tuesday, I am going to be going to uh, Fairfield High School. uh, Biggest game there. Um, Kings, uh, who were co-champs of... The ECC, they are um, going to be taking on uh, Western Hills out of the uh, Cincinnati Metro uh, Athletic Conference. But that actually wasn't any of the games I picked um, in Central or Southwest. Um, So I'll start in Central. Um, This is a second-round game. Um, It's Grove City versus DeSales. Uh, Grove City is going to have to beat Mifflin. Um, to get to this game, but I think this is a pretty unique matchup. Um, DeSales had a really good non-conference season, um, struggled a little bit in conference play, but, uh, PJ Knowles is a pretty talented, a 2025 kid. Uh, they, they just play tough basketball, have a history of making deep playoff runs. Um, but they are now up to D1, Grove City. Uh, they got a good balance of guard play and a big in Craig Gilbert, a junior. Um, whose best basketball is in front of him. Um, if you're putting any team in Central Ohio on upset alert, I think I'm going to put Newark on upset alert. They're going oh. up against Olin Tangy.
1: Um, Stubbs. Stubbs doesn't like that one.
2: <laughs> no, not at all. I know Stubbs doesn't like it. Um, but I, I just – I liked what I saw out of Olin Tangy this season when I went and watched him play. They got senior guard uh, Harrison Ronenbaum. um who's pretty talented, and they also got a junior uh, post player. He's a Division I uh, recruit at, like, tight end or defensive end. Um, he's really physical, so I think uh, he's going to be a good matchup against Steele Meister. Um, another game in Central Ohio, this is another second-round game, uh, here Bradley versus Marysville. Uh, Bradley's going need to need to beat Whetstone. Um, I think this game's on, like, Friday night. Um, you're seeing two 2024 kids who have played together forever. Uh, in Cade Norris and Jason Moore. Um, So that's kind of interesting, seeing like AAU teammates uh, going up against each other at the high school level. Um, So I think that's a pretty intriguing game. Uh, And then in D2, uh, I went with Bloom-Carroll versus Granville. Uh, Granville does have to beat Whitehall, uh, but that game I believe also would be on Friday night. Um, Two teams that have been very successful in their conferences, Um, They got a bunch of multi-sport athletes um, who who were impressive on the football field as well. Both teams have made the state final four in football, so they're used to winning. Um, I think that's a pretty intriguing game. Um, In a central D2 district, uh, the one without Bishop Reedy, I think that's as wide open of a district as you'll see across the entire state. Um, So those are my games in central Ohio. Stubbs, if you want to go to Northwest before I uh, tackle Southwest. Yeah, uh, there,
1: there, there's one game, Rob, that I, I'm not sure if you mentioned it or not. But to me, uh, if I was if I was in Central Ohio, uh, I'm still kind of even debating on making the trip. Uh, I think the Reynoldsburg-Northland game tomorrow is probably the the game with the most talent on the floor. Uh, so that one could be a lot of fun. Northland coming off of that big win over Afrocentric in the you know the city championship game. So I think they're playing well. Reynoldsburg has been very up and down, but has you know as many pieces as anybody. Uh, I think that's a game to watch too. Yeah, for sure, for sure.
0: Yeah. So here, here's what I'll do, Roth. I'll I'll tackle because I just got a short snippet of East District, Southeast District. Not not a whole lot there. So then you can go Southwest after that, and then I'll finish there with the Northwest. Um, yeah, TJ. That I, I'm interested because. I don't think Reynoldsburg has like a natural ball handler. Like they're just, they're all like kind of a bunch of wings. I love the Noah Smith kid, but he's not a point guard. Um, It'll be interesting to see what King Kendrick can do against those guys because um, Berg did not handle the ball very well against pick central. Um, And I just think that's a very intriguing matchup. Uh, You hit the nail on the head there. Um, all right so real quick East District um, East District Tuesday night games um, a lot of it is going to predicate on what happens on Tuesday to set up some of these potential um, you know later in the week matchups but I think uh, a good opening East District game is Union local Harrison Central uh, these two teams played on February 14th. UL won that game, 64-52. Harrison's coming into this losing three of four um, after having a real hot streak there. Um, so this is an interesting game to me. Strasburg against Tuskegee Central Catholic. Uh, this is interesting. Strasburg 16-6, Tuskegee Central Catholic 7-13. and But their two games in the regular season were 52-51 and 38-35. Uh, both Strasburg wins. So that could be interesting. Um, Strasburg obviously is probably very aware of that. But the games later in the week that could could happen. Monroe Central at Highland. This would be a rematch of last year's uh, overtime thriller. Uh, which I think it was a district semi-game. Union Local at Ferry. Um, Ferry has beat Union Local twice this year. But I think Union Local could get them um, if they can get past Harrison and then a team, I believe it was me and Roth that picked Garraway. Um, interesting matchup uh, on later on in the week. If Belair can get past Kishokton, Belair is going to pose some serious problems with Garraway for the way Belair's athleticism and the way that they play. Uh, they want to play a hundred miles an hour. Uh, so I'm interested in that game, but that, that's some uh, East District stuff. Southeast, I mean, Roth, you could probably tell tell us more, but um, the Southeast, to me, used to be like a heavy D3. Like, I used to think D3 was by far the best in Southeast Ohio for, for a long, long time. This year, it seems like it may have shifted a little bit to D2, Um on on some of the better matchups uh i I think think... what
2: you're looking at that is because d3 is two districts and d2 is only one so you're getting like all the good games earlier in d2 than d3 but i do think the best teams in southeast um like your minfers your zane traces yeah um lucasville valley uh i'm forgetting south point as well fairland uh, they're all in D three. So while while there are good teams in D two, like you're gonna mention, I'm sure Washington Corehouse, Miami Trace, Fairfield Union, uh New Lexington. Yeah. Um, I still think that D three uh is Southeast Ohio's best bet to make it to Dayton outside of Leesburg Fairfield.
0: Yeah, maybe I maybe I rephrase that. I, I feel like D two's depth uh is is a little bit, you know, when you start to get down further. Um, you know, in that 7, 8, 9, 10 range. I feel like D2's depth is pretty solid. Three games I'm looking at, uh, New Lex and Jackson, I think that could be interesting. Uh, Ironton and Sheridan, I don't know. what That that game just, like, it just doesn't, like I don't think those teams have ever played uh, anything. It just, it's... Well, they're so far from each other. Yeah, and Ironton has historically been in D3, and now they're up in D2. And then Gallia and Alexander could be interesting as well. But I think there's a lot of potential here for the Saturday games um, in, in this uh, monster district. Twenty, I think there's 20 teams in the district.
2: Yep, 20.
0: All right, Mike, I'll, I'll let you hit the pedal on Southwest here.
2: All right, so I already talked about uh, one of the games that I'm watching on Tuesday. Uh, I'm going to go to the game that I'm going to watch on Wednesday, which is LaSalle uh, versus Anderson. I'm not sure many people know this. LaSalle split uh, for the GCL South championship, and they swept Moeller. Just seems like that kind of flew under the radar. Uh, So I'm excited to see LaSalle one more time. Uh, They're going up against an Anderson squad uh, that had a good record this season in the ECC. Um, Chandler Starks for Anderson, uh, future Mountaineer on the gridiron um, going to commit to West Virginia. But I think that's a pretty interesting battle. Um, staying in the GCL South, uh, ring the upset alert um, buzzer because I think Middletown has a decent shot of upsetting Elder. Um, if Middletown can push the tempo, uh, I-, I like their guards. I like the pace that they play at. Um, I think it's a unique clash of styles. I wouldn't be surprised if Elder also just frustrated Middletown with their passing, uh, holding the basketball and getting efficient shots. Um, But if this game goes the other way and it becomes a track meet, uh, I like Middletown's athletes. So I think that's a very intriguing game. Um, Another one, Sycamore versus Lakota West. Um, Sycamore without Rally Burgess, but they are still – uh, one of the more talented teams have a lot of seniors uh, capable of scoring from the outside. Uh, and then Lakota West, they've had an up-and-down season. Uh, star Nate Dudukovic dealt with an injury midseason. that kind of stunted uh, where they were as a team. Uh, but they just beat Western Hills uh, by like 30, or not West, Western Hills, um, it was uh, Walnut Hills, there we go, um, by, by about 30 points. Um, So it seems like Lakota West is playing their best basketball at the right time. They got a decent amount of athletes to match up with Sycamore, uh, their conference rivals as well. Uh, Then I went with uh, Moeller versus Hamilton, Um, another example of a GMC uh, versus GCL South battle. Uh, Last season, there were no GCL South teams that even made it uh, to a district championship game. Um, I assume at least one of them makes it this year. Um, but Moeller, uh, they've had a couple weird losses this year. They got really hot midseason, um, but have struggled to close the season. Uh, Hamilton got a nice guard forward combo in Cooper Matthews and Andrea Holden. Uh, so we'll see if they're able to pull off the upset as well. Uh, and then looking at D2 Dayton area, you got Dayton Oakwood versus Dayton Dunbar. Uh, That's going to feature two of the better unsigned seniors in Southwest Ohio um, in Will Maxwell going up against the Allen brothers at Dunbar. And also BJ Hatcher recently uh, had a big first round playoff game scoring over 30 points. Um, So that's another game that I would keep my eyes on this week in Southwest
0: Ohio. That's a good, uh, good run down there. I had, zero clue um and and i'm a football guy that chandler starks was at anderson um had no idea that he was there and then i kept like looking i was like man anderson's won a lot of games this year and then uh you know i was looking at their stats and i saw chandler starks was there i was like i had no clue no clue that's a really good get for west virginia by the way um all right, so let's, uh, let's go to the Northwest. The Northwest is stacked this week, really. Um, Tuesday, not so much. Uh, I listed one game for Tuesday. I listed Wapak-Kaneta against Lima Shawnee. Those are two WBL rivals. One's 12-10, and 10, the other's 10-12. and 12. Uh, Wapak comes into this game winning 7-9. of nine. And uh they beat Shawnee 56-54 in overtime at Shawnee earlier in the season. So I feel like this should be a really good game um for Tuesday night. But the potential um Friday games, the 24th, um could be really, really good. Uh you have you have Antwerp uh possibly against Pettisville. Antwerp had won nine straight before losing to Black Hawk Christian in the finale. Anybody know who is a graduate of Black Hawk Christian? Caleb first. Caleb first. Uh, He was not playing in this game, but uh, they did beat uh, Antwerp, knocked their nine game winning streak, or ended their nine game winning streak. But Pettisville, um, I'm blanking on the kid's name. I think his last name is Jacoby. Jacoby.
1: Yeah, Kaden
0: Jacoby. Yeah, real nice player. Um, they're fourteen and eight. Could be an interesting uh, game on Friday. Also,
1: is that, is that a part of a doubleheader, Stubbs?
0: Uh, I believe so. I believe so. Um, another quality game could be Pandora Gilboa against Delphi St. John's. Uh, PG is eighteen and four. Delphi St. John's fifteen and seven. PG won at Delphus uh, back on January 14th, 51-49. That was an afternoon tilt, um, which could be a really good rematch. Uh, A team that the Rothstein went with, Old Fort, 19-3 against Arlington, 16-6. Old Fort comes into this game, winners of 10 straight, Arlington 6-7. This is going to be a really good game. Um, I think Arlington's going to get them. Uh, But Roth says, nope, nope. Old Fort's moving on. I think this was the district that we, one of the districts we all picked. One of
2: the, one of the two. Yeah.
0: Um, D3, Delta, um, 17 and five against Wayne Trace, 16 and six. Uh, Delta's interesting. They're only three and four in their league, but they're 17 and five overall. Wayne Trace. Five of their six losses by a combined nine points. That's just an incredible stop yeah. to me. That's less insane. than less than two points a game. Um
1: when when I watched Wayne Trace against Tiffin Columbia, and it was like it was kind of strange. It was one of those games where if you turned the scoreboard off, you would have thought Wayne Trace was, you know, up, you know, near double digits. It's like they did everything to win that game. You know, they, they held Logan Beeston, I think, to like maybe 13 or 14 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, their star player played a, one of his better games of the year. And then you look up and, you know, somehow they lost. So I'm sure a lot of their, their season has kind of been like that, trying to figure out how to win. But, yeah, it's a weird that's a weird stat, unfortunate stat.
0: Yeah, that, that stat indicates to me that that team is going to be extremely good next year. Um, they're big three all coming back for next year. Um, another game I'm looking at in D3 is Carey, 19-3 against Liberty Benton, 19-3. Carey's won eight straight games. LB won this game on the 16th, 54-32. I think this one could be a lot, lot closer. Um, D2, the team I have on upset alert for Friday if this game happens. Sandusky against Sandusky Perkins. Um, Sandusky won both of their games in the regular season, crazy games, 91, 82, 85,
1: 83.
0: Yeah. So this, this, this third game gets
2: up and down. I watched, I've seen both Sandusky and Perkins play this year. Uh, no shot clock necessary when those two teams play against each other.
0: Yeah. This should be an exciting, uh, third game. If, if it occurs between these two teams. Um, the other game in D2, two teams kind of going in the opposite direction. 18-4 Lexington against 14-8 Willard. Lexington, we know, started 12-0, but they're 6-4 in their last 10. Willard, on the other hand, has won six straight and nine out of their last 11. Um, I do think Lexington is going to win this game, but I'm going to put them on the alert. Um, not as yeah. They're not I, on the I, alert like Sandusky, but they're they're on the alert.
1: I think the size in that game will will be the difference. Uh, having seen both Lexington and Willard this year, uh, Lexington has as big of a front court uh, as I think anybody does in Ohio. They go six five with freshman Braden Fogle, six 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 seven, Baden Forup, and then they have a six seven six eight junior. I uh, think believe his name is Elijah Hudson. Mm-hmm. So that's a, I mean that's just a lot of length and size and athleticism that, that Willard is, I think, is going to struggle with. But Max Dawson is a junior for them. He scores it about as well as anybody in Ohio.
0: Yeah, Joe Bettingfield, a really good coach at Willard. Um, I think this one could be interesting, but I do agree with you, TJ, on the on the side, on that front line. Um, but those uh, Lexington Guards are going to have to handle it. Um, D one, the only game. Um, I-, I got another upset alert team. Uh, Tiffin Columbia eighteen and four with the potential matchup with thirteen and nine Toledo St. John's. Uh, Columbia has won eight straight. Toledo St. John's is. I mean, they're a roller coaster, man. Thirteen and nine. They lose a lot of close games, but you know. If you told me St. John's won this game, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I wouldn't be. But uh, so that that is what I have for Northwest Ohio. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll come back, and we will uh, end this show with buy or sell. All right, we're back. We're gonna finish this episode off with a little buy or sell, so, possibly an on the spot, and then we're gonna get out of here for this Monday night. All There's right. two
1: uh, two second round games that I, I forgot to mention that I think could be Give them pretty us. interesting. So North Canton Hoover uh, and Walsh Jesuit. I you know you know considering Walsh Jesuit wins. Uh, The two played earlier this month on the 8th, and Hoover won 49-47. Walsh Jesuit has been a team who's been all over the place. Uh, I think they're probably the only team in Ohio that can say they beat both St. V and St. Ignatius this year. Um, But, yeah, Hoover is always a tough out with Coach Bluey. Uh, Makes you guard them for about 30 to 40 seconds. A lot of chin offense. Uh, And then a game that wouldn't be an upset according to the seeding, but I think Avon Lake and Cleveland Heights is a game to watch. I think a lot of people are kind of penciling in Cleveland Heights and Garfield Heights for that district final. But something me and Roth talked about a couple of weeks ago, Avon Lake has been playing really well. And is a team that could very easily win that game and also compete for the district.
0: Yeah, I – I'm guilty of that, like just kind of penciling Cleveland Heights into that game with Garfield Heights, and you guys are exactly right. You know, Avon Lake, Avon Lake might not be uh, very welcoming uh, in that game to to Cleveland no. Heights.
1: And it'll be at Avon Lake.
2: Yeah, because it's so early in the playoffs, you yeah. still have the home court.
1: Yeah. sectional final, so.
0: Yeah, I, I, it's so confusing to me. Like East District, I, they, they host, um, you know, Central, a host to a certain point. Northwest Ohio does not. Uh, um, Southwest Ohio doesn't yeah, host either. It's just, you know, and that goes back to that. Can we get something blanket, uh, across the state? But, um, all right buy or sell this was a, a tweet that our guy martin rpi sent out yesterday and i know he's a he's a, a younger guy uh, i mean i guess most everybody at this point uh, is younger compared to me um in this in this game but um he and he didn't pose this as a statement he was just posing him as a question and he, and he said that Richmond. He said, "Is Richmond Height the best team in Ohio, regardless of class?" Um, I kind of added, "Do we really think that they could go through the D1 tournament and win it all?" That's a that's a big difference of just beating a team on a single night, as opposed to winning six six games in the tournament uh, at the D1 level, uh, where you're having to face those type of teams. Back to back to back to back to back, um, and then he he also posed: Is this the best? Uh, or something about maybe the best D four team of all time. And uh, I'm as a guy, a, a history guy, as you guys both well know. I'm not ready to go there. Um, but what do you guys think?
1: Um, uh, I I said a couple of weeks ago that you know Richmond Heights was arguably the top team in Ohio, and I'm standing by that. I think if they've had the luxury uh, during the season, I think you mentioned this earlier, of playing like their top game. You know, they have a tough game. Then they'll go about a week or so of playing in conference where, you know, they just, you know, they dominate. Then they get another tough game or two, and then they get another, you know, week or so of conference games. So their their win, their big wins have all been pretty spread out. Uh, But I think they could very well go to Dayton if they were in Division One. I think they are with without a shadow of a doubt a top five team in the state, regardless of division, and I think that they would compete in Division one
0: Roth yeah, I agree
2: um they they definitely are one of one of the most talented teams in Ohio. um they got the wins to back it up um, <clears throat> I obviously. Um, if you would give me the field versus Richmond Heights and D1, I'm going to take the field. Um, but, but they are a team that, um, I mean, we saw what they did against Ed's. If they were in, uh, the Northeast region, you're likely going up against like Ed's, St. Vincent, St. Mary, um, Stowe, teams like that. Um, I think they could match up with, with pretty much anybody. Um, but, but I do think you guys raise a good point. Um, with how many games they don't really have to get up for um, where you compare that to some teams, they only have like maybe four to six cupcakes a year. Uh, they're getting pretty much every game in, in conference is a cupcake. So um, I, I do think it's a smart move by the CVC to allow uh, Richmond Heights and Lutheran West to become independents just for basketball. Um, you're also seeing that in football. Um, Ironton has recently become independent, um, from the OVC, but they are, uh, Ironton is going to continue to play, um, at least two of their conference opponents, um, in football over the near future. So just kind of interesting. I think it helps competitiveness, um, for those teams and it'll be interesting next year. Richmond Heights returns their whole starting five. They're probably going to be playing. 15, 18 tough competitive games instead of like six or seven this year. So it's going to be really interesting to see next year how they handle a tough game on a Tuesday, then a tough game on a Friday and a Saturday. But, I mean, they've had tough challenges. They've won in tough places. They won at heads. They won at a neutral site over Lutheran East. Um, This team is young, but they are not inexperienced. Um, so just really impressed with what they did. They were actually my answer in uh, TJ's mailbag. Um, what was your biggest surprise this year? I said Richmond Heights going undefeated. I, If you had told me preseason a team with no seniors and that schedule went undefeated, there's no way I would have believed you. Um, so props to them. Um, and I think if they do end up going unbeaten and winning the state title, I think it should be celebrated for a remarkable accomplishment. Um, but I don't feel like that will be m- much of a the discussion there. Um, be- because, um, yeah, there, there's been a lot of talk about moving them out of D4, which they were like two kids away um, in general. And I think D3 would be a much better spot for them to be in. Like we saw them against Lutheran East.
1: I would I would have to take a look uh, at, at a lot of the, the top teams in Ohio, But I'm pretty sure that Richmond Heights might be the only team in the state that starts five clear-cut scholarship-level prospects. I would have to look, but they might be the only Ohio team that can say that.
0: Yeah, so just to add to the – you guys definitely raised great points, great analysis, gentlemen. Um, One thing that I would add is last year – I don't think either of you would disagree with this. Um, there was a significant gap between Pick Central, Centerville, and the rest of the state. Um, and that was clear in the Final Four because those two semifinal games were absolute just, I mean, I mean just burials. Well, I mean, best,
2: the The next best team in the state besides those two was St. V, pretty comfortably in my opinion. Yep and they were in D2.
0: So the way I was looking at this, and I was watching Richmond Heights pretty closely um, against Eds, and I still, and, and I'm not saying these teams are going to be at the state because anything can happen with high school kids. I do believe that picks sent, when, when teams play their best game, I'm not talking about you have a terrible night, When the teams play their best game, I still believe that Pick Central and Centerville are the two best teams that Ohio has to offer. And when I watched Richmond Heights play the way they play, um, I was trying to picture them playing Pick Central that way. And I don't think that would end well for Richmond Heights uh, trying to play that style against Pick Central because they would have absolutely no answer for Devin Royal. Um, And there is not any team in Ohio that has an answer for Devin Royal. Um, When he is bringing it, which he does most nights, um, he is the ultimate X factor. Last year in that game, when things were were shaky, he went and got his rear end down on the block and just absolutely big boyed Centerville. Um, And he's still there, and... Those guards are getting better. L. Johnson has been great all year. Um, Hedgepath is gaining more um, confidence. I don't know. Um, Headings likely will be back by the district final, um, from what I understand. Uh, Biles was in uniform. I, I don't see it. Uh, he did look great in warm-ups. Uh, that, that leg looked great. Uh, he was putting the ball over the rim very easily, and and Biles is a different animal. Uh, so, uh, you know, nothing would surprise me with, with him. Um, I don't know if you throw him in at this point in the time, though. That's a lot of lost time. But I, I just think that Centerville and Pick Central are still, on their best day, the two best teams that this state has to offer. Um, Richmond Heights next year, Um when those are three juniors and two seniors. Uh, I, I think that you have a definite, definite argument at that point.
1: Um, yeah, no, no, no bias at all from you, right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, you got you guys told me I was biased last year, and we all know how it ended. Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: listen i've said that I've said this to uh shoulders and you you both know shoulders um shoulders and I had this conversation last week. I said, you know being a scout is really difficult because um I see pick central like i i know those guys in, in that program inside and out, and that is the only team in the state that I feel confident that I would have a really good like th- like ironclad evaluation on those kids because I see them that much. Anybody else, I could see them seven, eight times. I still wouldn't feel completely confident that like I'm missing something or um, I didn't see them in the right spots. But, but with those guys, I feel like I have a pretty good grip on what they, what they can do and um, they tend to turn it up when they have to. Uh, you know, when they, when they know the money's on the line. And, and Centerville's the same way. Centerville is the same way. Cups, will, <laughs> those dudes will be ready. Um, and that's not to say, like I said, those teams might not even be at the state. Central Ohio's got a lot of teams that on any given night uh, could certainly take them out. Um, but, you know, that's where I'm at at this point. Definitely no bias. Um, all right, I'm going to hit you guys with this one and we'll roll out. On the spot, I want your four state champions. And if you uh, get, if you hey, if you guys want a second to think about it, I'll just toss mine out there, and then you guys can think about it.
1: All right, you go first.
0: All right, I, I, I can I can just see smoke coming out of Ross' ears. I wonder
2: who Stubbs is going to take in deep one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mystery.
0: I got I got Delaware Hayes, man. Um, um, I could see the smoke coming out of Ross ears thinking about that D two pick. Uh, all right. So let's, let's, we all know D three, but let's make this, uh, anti D four will be Richmond Heights. Um, D three. I'm not completely sold. Um, I am going to take Lutheran East. I'm not completely sold that, that they're going to win it. Um, D-2, I am going to go. I, I think this team uh, is just destined to win it. Um, I'm going to take Bishop Reedy. And then D-1, you already know the flag's back there. Let's go. Pick Central.
1: Uh, I, love, I, say, I love you guys, man. <laughs> I would say Division 4 would be the same for me, Richmond Heights. Um, Division 3, my, my gut says Lutheran East. Uh, I've seen a lot of the other teams that, uh, I believe are probably their, their top, you know, competition and they beat two of the three or two of the four of them. Uh, they beat Afrocentric on a neutral floor at the beginning of the season. Uh, they beat Toledo Emmanuel Christian on the neutral floor, um, on December 10th. Uh, Ottawa Glendorf, I, I think would be a, a very interesting matchup. I'm not sure how well Ottawa Glendorf handles it. That would be kind of my only area of concern in that game. But I think that would be really, really fun. Um, but so my my gut still says Lutheran Easton D3. Division two, man, I am torn. I want to go Bishop Reedy so bad. But <laughs> but the fact that they haven't lost the game actually kind of worries me. Yeah, uh, yeah me too. Um, so I will go with Chaminade Julian in division two. Um, with an honorable mention to Bishop Reedy, and then my division <laughs> one pick. <laughs> my division one pick, I will actually take uh, Centerville.
0: TJ just gave out an honorable mention to state champion.
1: It, it was it was close. It was like split. It was like split hairs, man. Like I wanted to say Bishop Reedy so bad, and then you said him, so then I was like, I can't.
0: I'm sorry. So, so. Did you did you take Centerville in D one?
1: Centerville in division one.
0: Okay. Roth.
2: Um all right i am gonna go with richmond heights and d four shocker um for the sake of being different um
1: oh Rob, you're very different
2: <laughs> for the sake of being different i'm gonna take i'm gonna take emmanuel christian to win d three um i'd feel better if i got like the emmanuel christian o g winner um But to make it different, to not have a clean lutheran East sweep, we'll go with that. Um, I'm going to do what TJ did in D2 and go with CJ. Um, But I would be curious to see um, if Bubakar DiGigo comes back for Lutheran West. They're a team that could do it. So that is going to be a storyline I would monitor. I don't know. Um, If he is planning on coming back, it seemed like that was the goal. Um, If he's coming back, playing at a high level, I think Lutheran West, very capable of winning a state title. And D1, I'm going to go with Centerville, but Stubbs, you mentioned it. uh, A team people aren't really thinking about. St. Ignatius, um, I I think they're a sleeper team to watch. I'm going to go with Centerville, though, um, but it would not surprise me to see cam joyce in the final four for what i believe would be a third straight season
0: yep that would be that would be very impressive
1: i think you made a really good point Roth, with uh bubakar djigo coming back for luther west i think that completely changes the dynamic of division 2 and they might they might be the front runner if he's back and that kid is playing 80 90% i mean he's you know, was arguably their best player a year ago, 6'7", uh, senior who tore his ACL back in June, but really, really good run and jump athlete, plays with a super high motor, rebounds the ball on both ends, block shots. He is a game changer if he is back and is remotely healthy for Lutheran West.
0: Great stuff, gentlemen. Um, can't wait uh, to see what happens this week, to see how many times I was wrong. Um hopefully we keep it above proficient here at the 70% mark. Uh and I'm I'm looking forward to the week, following the scores, see what's going on, filling in my bracket. And uh so you guys have a safe travels this week wherever you guys are going. Uh for Mike Roth, TJ Petros, I'm Kurt Stubbs. We're out.